The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. Today is Tuesday, January 12th, 2021. On this day in 1971, a group of liberal Catholic activists known as the Harrisburg Seven were indicted on numerous charges, including a conspiracy to kidnap foreign affairs advisor Henry Kissinger. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. Today we're covering the indictment of the so-called Harrisburg Seven, a group of anti-war activists including several Catholic priests, nuns, and former clergy members. Let's go back to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania on January 12, 1971. A hush fell over the courtroom. It was packed with witnesses, press, and spectators in the gallery, all there for the biggest trial of the year. That day was just the indictment, but it was sure to be a doozy. Some federal authorities believed the defendants were more dangerous than the terrorists in Weather Underground, a radical left-wing group. And yet the Harrisburg Seven didn't look like militant activists. In fact, they were priests nuns. One was an academic. However, these clergy members and public servants were facing a serious set of charges, conspiracy to kidnap the presidential foreign affairs advisor, Henry Kissinger, a plot to blow up the heating system in several buildings in Washington, D.C. It looked like extreme left-wing terrorism. While it may sound odd, the defendants didn't see any contradiction between their religious convictions and their liberal activism. In fact, the two stances were part and parcel of the same belief system. The Harrisburg Seven took commandments like, Love thy neighbor, and thou shalt not kill, seriously, especially in their opposition to the Vietnam War. They burned draft cards in anti-war protests. They damaged records to interfere with military recruitment. They campaigned to pull American soldiers out of Vietnam, and they were willing to break the law to accomplish their goals. According to prosecutors, that included a plot to kidnap Henry Kissinger and blow up some federal buildings' heating systems. The Harrisburg Seven insisted they never intended to do any such thing, but prosecutors had letters with allusions to the potential crimes. They argued that this was enough to prove the defendants were violent terrorists. The question was, would the jury agree? And did it matter that so many of the Harrisburg Seven were clergy, acting according to their faith? 
After all, the trial wasn't just about the alleged crimes. It would also measure the public's attitudes toward religion, politics, and the intersection of the two. America's most cherished values were on trial. But even that didn't seem to deter the Harrisburg Seven. They were used to battling for the nation's soul. Coming up, the trial against the Harrisburg Seven. Listeners, have you heard the eerie new podcast, Superstitions? Every Wednesday, explore the varying beliefs people around the world fear and follow in this mystifying series from Parcast. You do not want to miss it. Each week, step inside stories that illustrate the horror, weirdness, and truth behind humanity's strangest codes of conduct. Why do black cats represent witchcraft? What's the point of carrying a rabbit's foot around with you? And how come certain films seem cursed and others don't? Each new episode of Superstitions presents a story that unlocks the mysteries of unorthodox traditions and surreal phenomena. They may seem cryptic or illogical or completely insane, but then again, do they? Follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Superstitions, free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Now, back to the story. On January 12, 1971, a group of seven, including priests, nuns, and former clergy, stood accused of a conspiracy to damage federal buildings and kidnap Henry Kissinger. The religious activists' far-left politics shocked the nation, but so far as the Harrisburg Seven were concerned, their values were a natural consequence of their faith. Author William O'Rourke dubbed them a part of the New Catholic Left, a religious subcommunity that saw anti-war activism as a key tenet of Catholic theology. Which was why in 1967, Father Philip Berrigan led an anti-Vietnam War protest. He and three other activists, who were collectively known as the Baltimore Four, broke into a draft board building and dumped blood on the service records to destroy them and demonstrate the many lives lost to the war. While waiting to be arrested, they passed out Bibles and prayed. It was a nonviolent protest, though the destruction of records led to jail time. A year later, Philip Berrigan, his brother Daniel, and a group of other clergy members and anti-war activists destroyed more draft records, this time by taking them from a draft board office and burning them outside the building using napalm. For this demonstration, the Catonsville Nine, as they were dubbed, were arrested, tried, and sentenced to time in prison. Berrigan received three and a half years. 
But his incarceration didn't discourage other activists. In fact, his actions were part of a growing secular and religious movement against the Vietnam War. Berrigan stayed in contact with his fellow protesters. He even fell in love with a nun and demonstrator named Elizabeth McAllister. He wrote McAllister a series of love letters from prison. They included ideas for protests, demonstrations, and acts of civil disobedience. And they referenced a plot to kidnap Henry Kissinger, an act that Berrigan and McAllister discussed but never acted upon. Unfortunately, their correspondences weren't as private as Berrigan assumed. He relied on a fellow inmate, a supposed anti-war protester named Boyd Douglas, to smuggle the notes out of prison and to their recipient. But Douglas wasn't an activist. He was an FBI informant. And he delivered each message full of speculations and outlandish plots to his handlers. They used the exchanges to compile a case against Berrigan, McAllister, and five other collaborators. Which is how, in January 1971, the Harrisburg Seven were indicted on conspiracy charges. According to protesters, the Seven hadn't only conspired to kidnap Kissinger, they'd also planned to blow up parts of federal buildings. There was no evidence that anyone planned to commit these crimes, but prosecutors believed that the jury would convict anyway, based on the letters they'd intercepted. After all, the trial was held in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. The town was notoriously conservative, and prosecutors believed that the jurors would be hostile to the defendant's liberal agenda. But they didn't account for one factor, the strong vein of religious devotion in the region. Luckily for the defendants, their attorney knew to play to their strengths. He didn't call a single witness. Instead, he let the circumstances of the trial speak for themselves. He was betting that the jurors wouldn't send peace-loving priests and nuns to prison. Ultimately, his hands-off approach paid off. The trial ended with a hung jury. It probably helped that the prosecutors weren't able to produce any hard evidence against the Harrisburg Seven. McAllister and Berrigan got a slap on the wrist for their letter smuggling, but nobody faced time for the more serious charges. At least, not then. But Berrigan continued his activism. He and Elizabeth McAllister decided to marry in 1973 and had to leave their religious orders. Then, in 1980, Berrigan was arrested with a group called the Plowshares Eight, who'd staged an anti-nuke protest. After years in prison on those charges, he attended more demonstrations and got arrested yet again in 1999. He never stopped fighting for his values. In 2002, he died at the age of 79. McAllister is still alive today and remains active in the anti-war movement. Her most recent arrest was in 2018, for which she served 17 months in jail. But Elizabeth McAllister and Philip Berrigan aren't household names outside of activist communities which is shocking given the heavy publicity that surrounded the trial of the Harrisburg Seven. 
Perhaps this is because in the decades since, other high-profile proceedings overshadowed them, like the cases against O.J. Simpson, Martha Stewart, and Michael Jackson. However, these cases were very different. None of these figures were political activists. A group of devout anti-war activists can't capture American hearts and minds like misbehaving celebrities. The Harrisburg Seven have mostly faded from public memory, but the fallout from their trial is immeasurable. The protesters' unique stance challenged preconceptions about religious affiliation and political partisanship. Today, the United States is mired in a culture war that draws boundaries down party and denominational lines. But the Harrisburg Seven proved that even religious Americans don't have to adhere to certain expectations. Many people didn't agree with the group's stance or their criminal actions, but it's undeniable that these activists followed their consciences, and that determined their fates. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. To hear more about activists who stood up for what they believed in, be sure to check out Famous Fates, Movers and Shakers on Spotify. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Bruce Kitovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Angela Jorgensen, with writing assistance by Alex Benedon, and fact-checking by Claire Cronin. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Bad omens, good fortune, pure luck? Take a closer look at what you believe in and follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Superstitions. New episodes air weekly, every Wednesday. Listen free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.